regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards, and I am so glad that you joined the program today. Uh, now, originally, I had said on yesterday's program, we were going to talk with Jane Coaston of Vox about um, something that I've noticed here, just this, this, this contradiction um, among Democrats that uh, on the one hand, you know, you've got some politicians who are like, you don't have any more gun control. On the other hand, you've got other politicians who are saying, we need to defund the police. In some cases, you've got politicians saying the exact, saying both of those things. Um, we are going to have that conversation with Jane. But you're going to see that tomorrow, and you're going to hear that uh, conversation tomorrow uh, here on Bearing Arms Cam and Company, because uh, earlier today I had the opportunity to speak with Louisiana Attorney General Jeff Landry uh, about the case of Kamari Harrison. You might recall, we've read about this a couple of times at BearingArms.com, Kamari is the nine-year-old fourth grader in Harvey, Louisiana, who was suspended from school and actually threatened with expulsion from school because he inadvertently showed a BB gun during his online class for uh, a couple of moments. Kamari was taking a test. He had uh, the teacher muted because he was taking a test, so he couldn't hear what uh, she had to say. And uh, uh, as it turns out, Kamari uh, is there in his bedroom. He's taking his test. His younger brother is actually playing in the bedroom, trips over the BB gun, which is laying on the floor. Kamari reaches down. Picks up the BB gun, puts it on the side of the desk, just, you know, rests it up against the side so his little brother wouldn't trip over it. Uh-oh. Teacher freaks out, says that it was a full-size rifle that uh, Kamari was handling. Yeah. And uh, begins disciplinary actions against Kamari Harrison. Originally, the school district threatened him with expulsion. Uh, they then decided, well, you know, maybe just a, a six-day suspension. Maybe that's enough for something that should not have been punished at all all um this story since we first started reporting on it has really gotten a lot of national attention uh, and it's also gotten the attention of louisiana's attorney general jeff landry uh who reached out to the uh, harrison family actually met with the harrison family uh and has taken a a, a big interest in this case so uh, the attorney general joined me just a couple of minutes ago to uh, talk about this case and, and what his office might be able to do to ensure that justice can be done for kamari but also to help ensure that stupid stuff like this doesn't happen to other kids there in the state of Louisiana. Take a look and a listen. Attorney General, thank you so much for joining me on Cam and Company. It's a pleasure talking with you today. Well, it's great. Thank you for having me. Thank you for sharing your listeners with me. Well, absolutely. Uh, you know, listen, I, I got to say, first of all, uh, on behalf of my listeners, uh, thank you for taking such an interest in the case of Kamari Harrison. This is... You know, a situation that unfortunately is is not limited to Louisiana. I've covered several stories over the past few months of kids just being kids uh, in Maryland and Colorado and uh, now in Louisiana where, you know, the inadvertent or accidental display of a, a toy firearm, a BB gun, an airsoft gun, a Nerf gun uh, has led to disciplinary action from the schools and in some cases actually led to police showing up at students' homes. I know that you've had the opportunity to, to speak with Kamari and his family. Can you tell us what that was like? Yeah, it was a wonderful experience. I got to tell you, uh, Kamari's got two great parents. His mother and father care deeply about him and the other four children uh, that they have. Uh, they raised those children in what I would call um, <clears throat> the the most opportune setting, meaning from a from a 
from a childbearing, disciplinary form under which they teach their children not only right from wrong, but being accountable for your actions. I, I think that was one of the first striking things that, that, that stood out to me when I visited uh, with the family and with Mr. Niren, uh, who is the father of Kamari. Uh, he says, listen, I teach my kids to be accountable so that when you when you take an action, if that action is not proper, you understand that you have an accountability to that. Uh, and I think that's true. I mean, that's the way I try to raise my child. I think that's certainly the way I was raised. Uh, and society would be better off if more parents did that. This, the problem that we have today in society is exactly what we face today, is that when the government acts in an inappropriate manner, they should be held accountable as well. Uh, and, and so that's what I told uh, the family, that we're going to stand behind them to ensure that the government lives up to the same accountability standards that we hold our citizens up to. What what uh, what role can the attorney general's office play here? Uh, you know, the school district has said we're, we're acting within our own policies. Uh, I know that you've talked about the the invasion of privacy here. The fact that the school is basically uh, viewing, uh, you know, uh, kids bedrooms as an extension uh, of the the school itself when these kids are, you know, subjected to this remote learning and these uh, virtual classes. Um, what, what what can your office do to uh, to to get justice for Kamari? Well, look, here's the thing. The first thing we could do is ensure that public policy is changed. Well, we're going to, we're also going to weigh in to determine if his due process was violated. Uh, we're going to support his, um, his lawyer. Uh, we could possibly file a meetings. We could look at possibly intervening on that case because the attorney general has the ability to intervene in any civil proceeding mm-hmm. under which he believes that, that, that the state has a stake in, and I do believe the state has a stake in this particular matter because we've got, you know, we've got tens of thousands of students around Louisiana that we don't want subjected to constitutional violations. Uh, this is not the first time our office, uh, under, un, under my leadership has, has weighed in. A couple of years ago, uh, Congressman Mike Johnson, who's from the Treeport area, a good friend of mine, constitutional lawyer, and I teamed up and wrote a brochure called Students' rights on religious liberty, and of course, this was when we were dealing with the, the, the not the virtual world, but the actual schoolroom setting. And that brochure was meant to uh, educate people that students don't deposit their First Amendment rights at the front door of the schoolhouse. Again, here we are again, under which schools believe that for some reason, because they turn the camera on in a virtual setting, that that that, that people's homes uh, become a part of. Uh, the school property and that policy that would uh, otherwise be dictated on the institutional grounds are somehow dictated inside the home. Just that in itself is problematic, Sam. Absolutely. I mean, listen, you're absolutely right. And, and uh, you know, my advice to parents as I've been covering the story has been be proactive here. Uh, you know, reach out. Even if you don't know of any problems in your district, reach out to the superintendent, ask them what would happen. Uh, if your kid, you know, did what Kamari did and, and pick up a BB gun so his younger brother doesn't trip over it and set it aside, is that going to lead to a suspension? If you aren't happy with the results or what the response from your superintendent, go to your local school board members. Uh, do, do you agree that, uh, that that parents have a role to play in, in being proactive uh, in their own districts to try to prevent stupid stuff like this happening to their own kids? Oh, absolutely. I think that parents that are out there that are concerned about all of the infringements on our civil liberties due to this COVID-19 um, crisis 
uh, should be standing up, should be speaking loudly to their legislators and demanding that they, that their privacy and the rights of their children and themselves uh, are absolutely protected. Uh, you know, when it comes to uh, uh, Kamari itself uh, and, and his particular case, I mean, it's clear that there was no ill intent. Uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why this case has received such widespread attention, that, that clearly he wasn't threatening another student. He wasn't threatening the teacher. He didn't even realize that the, the BB gun in question was even, you know, in view of the camera. Uh, and yet the school district has just, you know, been adamant that uh, uh, this suspension, actually they threatened with expulsion at first. And then uh, I guess they, you know, thought that they were doing him a favor by only suspending him from school for six days. A lot of people looking at this case just don't see where justice was done here. Um, are, are you concerned that uh, that other districts around the state of Louisiana may be doing something similar? Or do you think that the 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 attention that this case has gotten, has this maybe put this on the radar of uh, school districts in Louisiana and elsewhere, and maybe they'll, you know, start to take a look at these types of situations and, and, and view them with true common sense in the future. Oh, absolutely. Look, we're, you know, we sent a letter out to the school district telling them that we thought the due process rights of the parents had already been violated. Uh, and we are concerned that this may be a systematic problem throughout Louisiana. And we're doing our best to try to wrap our arms around that. Our legislature just went into a special session and we're actually, we're actually talking about talking to several of them to draft particular bills to basically enshrine these protections. And, and, you know, and, and here's the thing. Let's go down that path a couple of different ways, Cam. So let's say that the child turns the, the, the camera on in a virtual setting and the parents have a picture of Jesus Christ in view. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or as a, uh, you know, any type of religious symbol out there. Can the school demand that that is taken down? A, a picture of the Ten Commandments. Suppose they turn on the camera and the child has a has a, a, a political paraphernalia from past President Barack Obama, or from current President Donald Trump, or any other political nature. Would that be a violation to demand that those that that pictorial or anything that's exhibited on the wall is taken down? I mean, again, suppose the child is having to do it in the kitchen, under which there may be a liquor cabinet that's in view, or a medicine cabinet. Yeah. Again, you know. But, you know, if we go back to the, to, to the, the religious and the political set, you would say that no, that'd be a violation of the First Amendment. But guess what? A violation of the First Amendment or a violation of the Second Amendment is on equal footing, right? No amendment is different than other, and the protections are all the same. On top of the fact that, that, that government action, which has amazed me under this pandemic, is supposed to be under the least restrictive means under which they infringe upon our rights. They don't go to the most extreme. They go to the least extreme. And there seems to have been no debate, no discussion, and no critical and forward thinking by our educators on whether or not they're trampling on people's rights. That in and of itself is completely disturbing. Absolutely. I want to go back to something you said just a minute ago. You said you've been talking with lawmakers who just got into special session here uh, about drafting legislation to uh, to deal with these issues. What do you think the chances are that uh, we'll actually see a, a bill emerge during this special session that uh, that might address these things? Oh, look, I do believe we're going to see a bill that's going to emerge. Uh, I, I think that the bill should absolutely get through our House and our Senate here in Louisiana. Uh, it'd be interesting. I would I hope they'd stay tuned and you listen and say, I tell him our governor is a Democrat um, who has who has basically uh, uh, 
subscribe to the DNC and the liberal philosophy as it relates to this pandemic. And so the question is going to be when it lands on his death, what is he going to do? Well, we will absolutely be following this story uh, and any bills that uh, progress through the legislature. I hope we can have you back on the program as well, General. And uh, listen again, thank you for your interest in this topic uh, and in the uh, case of Kamari Harris. And I really appreciate you joining us on the program today. And I hope we get a chance to do this again very soon. Okay, take care. Thank you, Cam. Thank you, sir. Attorney General Jeff Landry joining us here on Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. Appreciate the Attorney General joining us on the program, and we will certainly be following this uh, legislation that he says is going to be introduced here shortly. I'm I'm very pleased to see that uh, not only the Attorney General, but lawmakers uh, in the state of Louisiana are taking inter- interest in this as well. And uh, depending on what that legislation looks like, I mean, this might be model legislation, frankly, uh, for every other state in the nation, because as I talked with uh, uh, General Landry, this isn't just a Louisiana problem here. The first case that I saw like this was back in June in Baltimore County, Maryland, where police were actually called uh, to the home of an 11-year-old after a teacher spotted a, uh, I think it was a BB gun, hanging on the wall of his bedroom. Had a, at least a couple of cases in Colorado uh, involving students and Nerf guns or airsoft guns where police were also called out to the home and disciplinary action uh, was taken against these students. For no violent threats, not bringing a gun onto school property, having a BB gun or an airsoft gun or a Nerf gun in their home, just visible, however, briefly on camera. This is ridiculous. And I know the phrase common sense gets used a lot here, but there is absolutely no common sense. (laughs) There is no common sense in these policies Uh, and anything that we can do to uh, address these policies and restore some true common sense in these school districts, I think would be uh, very, very beneficial for kids, parents, and frankly, educators as well. All right, let's get to today's Armed Citizen story, our uh, good deed of the day, as well as our recidivist report. We're going to start there. Uh, Update on the uh, shooting of two Los Angeles County Sheriff's deputies. A convicted felon has been charged in that uh, ambush-style shooting. Uh, It turns out this guy, well-known to police, Uh, Quite the lengthy criminal history, as a matter of fact. Uh, Deontay Murray, 36 years old, pleaded guilty on Wednesday afternoon, uh, excuse me, pleaded not guilty on Wednesday afternoon to two counts each, a premeditated attempted murder of a police officer, as well as possession of a felon, uh, possession of a firearm uh, by a felon. According to CBS, uh, Murray was actually uh, behind bars since September 15th, when he was arrested in connection with a a carjacking in Compton, California on September the 1st, in which he allegedly shot a man in the leg with a rifle and then stole his black Mercedes-Benz. He was charged on September 17th with one felony count of carjacking, second-degree robbery, as well as assault with a semi-automatic firearm. Unclear why he wasn't charged with being a felon in possession of a firearm in that case, Uh, but uh, two additional charges, including possession of a firearm by a felon, have since been added. Uh, right now, his bail on these two cases set at $6.15 million. Uh, according to CBS News, Murray has an extensive criminal history that includes convictions for drug sales, possession of a firearm by a convicted felon, burglary, as well as terroristic threats. He uh, faces a maximum sentence of life in prison if convicted as charged, and he's due back in court on November 17th. Uh, our armed citizen story of the day. From Overland Park, Kansas, KMBZ reporting that a clerk at a suburban Kansas City phone store will not be charged in the fatal shooting of a man who police say was trying to rob the business. 
Fox 4 in Kansas City reports that the Johnson County District Attorney's Office announced this week that the shooting back on June the 10th of a Boost Mobile store in Overland Park was self-defense. Police say that Deshaun Brim of Raytown, Missouri, was armed with a handgun when he entered the Boost Mobile store and tried to rob the place. Uh, The store clerk pulled out a handgun of his own, shot Brim as he jumped over the counter towards the employee. Prosecutors said that the employee feared for his own life as well as the life of a co-worker when he shot Brim and, again, will not be facing any charges in that incident. Finally today, our good deed of the day. I love this story. It's just, a, listen, this is, a, this is a little story. This is nothing earth-shattering. Unless, perhaps, um, you're an eight-year-old named Sean who lives in Middleton, Massachusetts. Uh, Sean was recently celebrating a, a birthday, and uh, Sean's mom reached out to uh, Deputy Jeremy Abbott with the Holmes County Sheriff's Office and said, you know, um, Sean really wants to be a police officer when he grows up. In fact, he wants to be a canine officer when he grows up. Do you think you could maybe just wish him a happy birthday? And the deputy said, of course. So he sent a card to Sean, signed not only by him, but by uh, the deputy's canine partner. Yeah, you love that paw print. Highway is the uh, canine's name. Also sent uh, young Sean a challenge coin as well. And uh, Sean had a very, very happy birthday. Like I said, not a huge story, but a good story. So happy belated birthday to you, Sean. And uh, Deputy Holmes, excuse me, Deputy uh, Jeremy Abbott with the Holmes County Sheriff's Office in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. Highway, we thank you as well. Good boy. And uh, we appreciate them both for their very, very good deed. That is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program as well. Again, coming up on tomorrow's program, Jane Koston of Vox joins us to talk about what I think is a conundrum for Democrats. One wing of the party loves the idea of more gun control. One wing of the party hates the idea of policing as it currently stands. Sometimes you even have a lawmaker who holds both of those positions at the very same time, as contradictory as they might be. How's that got to play out within the Democratic Party? We'll uh, dig into that issue on the next edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. In the meantime, be safe, be well, be free, and we'll see you soon with another edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company tomorrow. Tomorrow.